This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, I'm Jamie Smith and welcome to the first ever No Name Ever live podcast. If you're completely new to us, we're the independent Burnley FC blog by fans for fans. With me tonight are fellow No Name Ever editors James Bird and Adam Howarth. And joining us as well tonight is Andrew Greens of the Lancashire Telegraph. Um, we'll kick things off with some news. Over to you, Adam. OK, so this week, um, Claret's boss Sean Dyche has said he um, expects to have Charlie Austin in his starting lineup for the start of the championship season. He said, I've got no thinking other than it will be here on Saturday unless I'm told different. I think he, uh, I think he's been terrific in pre-season. A lot was going on a couple of weeks ago and it's calmed down and he's maintained his good work ethic and professionalism and maintained what he is and that's a solid young man who's learning the game. Elsewhere, uh, Trip, uh, Kieran Trippier said he's uh, in the best shape of his life. Um, he said, I've, I already feel fitter than I've ever been. I did really well in my first season at, at Burnley. I think everyone was wondering whether it was just a one-off and whether I could do it well again. In the first few games last season, I just wasn't myself. I felt I was overweight and that got me, got to me a bit. Uh, I've come back fit and healthy and not fat like like I was last year. I was kicking myself about that. I've done well for myself and my body this summer. I've treated it well. I just wasn't myself last year. I went on a lot of holidays and I realised that, but I didn't feel like I was playing well. Um, he goes on to say how he got better um, after Christmas, after he sat down with his mum and his agent and they told him straight, Elsewhere, um, Gareth Bale has been in the news a lot this week. Um, he's been battling to force through a world record bid um, from Real Madrid uh, of 100 million euros. That's 86 million pounds. Bale wants to go, um, but Spurs chairman Daniel Levy is holding out for more. Um, also, some sad news today is um, 27-year-old um, Footballer Christian Benitez has died shortly after he moved um, to Qatar. Uh, Sheikh Jassem, oh, I've lost the, the name. Anyway, he's moved to a club in Qatar. Um, but 
and that's about it. Yep. Um, so at the weekend was our last game of the pre-season schedule. Burnley played Sparta Rotterdam at Turf Moor, and it was and it was a four-one win for the Clarets, running off a reasonably successful pre-season campaign. Uh, the visitors took an early lead, but Burnley came back strongly. Danny Ings and Dean Marnie were again on the score sheet, and Charlie Aston scored his first goals of pre-season um, with a brace, although he could have had more. Um, you were at the game, Andrew. What did you make of our performance on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've seen us uh, in pre-season, and I actually thought uh, we'd probably look sharper yeah, going into a, a kind of final uh, pre-season game than we perhaps have in, thought, in previous uh, years, so... Um, yeah, I mean, Sparta weren't up to much. I'm not sure what stage their pre-season's at. Um, you know, I think they finished second last year in the, the Dutch second division. So they're no uh, pushovers, but really after that first couple of minutes when they took the lead, it was never really in doubt. Yeah, I think um, I had a quick look at the, the highlights on Clarets player this afternoon before the podcast tonight. And we seemed to start probably a little slowly. I think their goal came from... Some sloppiness in midfield, really, it was avoidable, although there was perhaps a hint of offside. But after that, it looked like we were utterly dominant, created plenty of chances, got the ball in and around the box a lot. I think Austin got, scored a couple of good goals, but he could have had probably four or five. I think he played really well. He was really alert. Yeah, he probably could have had about he probably could have had a trick inside the first fifteen minutes really. A couple of minutes after he got his first he uh porked one wide. I think he went close just after that as well. But um, you know, there was a lot of talk about him looking uh, disinterested. Um I think it's just on the forums and on Twitter, but he certainly didn't look disinterested. We were sat in the uh James Argreaves law, um, getting a reasonable suntan. Uh and you know, they were quite uh, he looked quite cheery. I know Andy Devani uh, in his usual way, shouted his encouragement. Charlie got a bit of a smile out of the uh, out the young lad like so. Uh, I think he he looks to be enjoying it again. Obviously, two goals will help him. He really should have had maybe five six, but um, you know it's his first uh, ninety minutes I think in this preseason, so that will set him up well for for Saturday against Bolton. Of course, another goal for Danny Ings as well. He's had an outstanding preseason. That's five in the five games for him, and it looks like he's going to play a big role. We spoke about Ings on the last podcast, but um, would you think that that front two, assuming that Austin stays, James, that's going to be the front two that we play for most of the season and Ryan Noble will have to settle for a place on the bench? Well, it's certainly looking that way so far. Um, whether Austin will still be here is obviously a more complicated matter, but Danny Ings has certainly sent the message in pre-season that he's ready to take on a bigger role than he's had in the past. Um, I'm not really sure how that would affect Ryan Noble because it does sound like we spoke last week that maybe he has some attitude problems with being on the bench and not being too involved. And obviously there's Sam Vokes there as well who played in every game last season though he didn't start most of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how time gets split between those two if Austin stays. And um, another player on the score sheet, again, Di Marnie. That's a couple for him in pre-season. I thought his goal was really interesting. It was a, a deep cross from the right wing. And Austin and Stanislas teamed up quite nicely to set him up. But it showed that we look more willing to get midfielders into the box this season. I think that's going to be a really key part of our play. Last season, we played one up front quite a lot. And it was difficult because we just weren't getting the midfielders beyond them. But it looks like Marnie probably over Dave Jones is going to take that role and get in the box a bit more. Adam, what do you think um, 
Akmani's performances in pre-season and how's that going to how's his role going to evolve with having Jones alongside him rather than McCann this season um, I think he's done particularly well this uh, pre-season he seems to have changed completely over the summer um, I think it was you Jamie that um, mentioned um, that he turned into Andre Iniesta over the summer <laughs> Um, yeah, he had a couple of um, a couple of assists in. I think it was the Tramier game, and it, it looked like a totally different player. Uh, yeah. Um, as for how he's going to perform with Dave, Dave Jones, um, Dave Jones is that right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know too much about Dave Jones, so I'm not not going to judge now. I'll wait till I see him on the first day of the season, um, and then I'll report back. They look like a pretty good combination to me, Jones and Marnie. I think they're they're broadly quite similar. They're both relatively comfortable on the ball. They're both um, comfortable playing a pressing game, which is what I think the manager wants us to do. And I think we'll move the ball quite quickly, but we, we will be able to move it through the midfield because Jones will drop deeper. Andrew, have you seen um, something from Jones that you think he'll be a good replacement for McCann? Do you think he's up to taking that role? Yeah, I think uh, Jones played well on Saturday. I think uh, he might have been at fault for their first goal. But other than that, I don't think he wasted the ball all afternoon. Uh, obviously, alongside uh, Zinedine Marnie, um, he's <laughs> done quite well. And I think it just frees uh, Dino up a little bit just to get forward. And, um, you know, I mean, the energy Marnie was showing for a pre-season friendly was fantastic. And uh, interesting what Adam said about um, Kieran Trippier, that one on the back of the Telegraph today. Um Something we'd mentioned in the press box quite a bit last season. That this start of last season, he looked a lot. He looked, at, you know, he did look a bit overweight to be honest. But uh, I think they've had a tough pre-season this time. I don't think he's been to Iron Napa quite as much as he had last year. <laughs> uh, and it's just really honesty, I think, from uh, from Kieran. But um, going back to his midfield and getting that ball through there, you can see the fullbacks are looking to get kind of pushed on a little bit because they know that one Amani or or Jones is going to sit if they, you know, if you do lose possession. It's quite interesting how, how just putting a different player in there. Perhaps Marnie and McCann were a bit too similar. I mean, McCann were, uh, were at his best when he were kind of creeping down those wings and getting behind defenders. I don't think we'll see that so much from Jones, but what we will see is, is kind of a hybrid between kind of perhaps him and uh, McCann and Stock, whereas he's got that kind of calm, putting his foot on the ball of Stock, plus a bit of that kind of drive that McCann had. But certainly if, if we can seal that signing uh, and his contract's up at Wigan tomorrow, I think that'll probably be... Um, seen as a real good championship signing. I think, you know, come May, we could be talking about him being, um, you know, in player of the year um, type territory. It's really interesting. Obviously, McCann's gone the other way to Wigan and they seem quite willing to let Jones go. So it'll be interesting to look back at the end of the season and see who got the better of that deal. Um, I thought the team selection was quite interesting as well. I'm not sure if um, Michael Duff had an injury problem, but Kevin Long started the game. Uh, what do you make of the long Duff choice? That's probably one of the decisions that Deitch has got to make before Saturday, James. Um, I was quite impressed with Kevin Long last season. I think I mentioned this when I did the statistics article. I was very surprised, actually, by how many defeats he was involved in because uh, I saw quite a few of his games live and I thought he looked good. Obviously, he does look young and you can see that he's maybe lacking that bit of experience. But... He's a good defender, and I think with the age Michael Duff's at, you don't really want to hang your hat on him for a full season because you never know when he's going to get injured or you know maybe it's time for him to move on. 
in a year's time if he wants to retire because he's getting to that that sort of age. Um, so I think it's good to see Kevin getting an extended run in the team, um, and I think he's a you know he's got the makings of a good centre back. I really rate Kevin Long. I think it's going to be a big season for him. Like you say, we can't rely on Duff forever. He's been an excellent servant, and I hope he does get a testimonial because I think it'll be ten years at the end of this season. But he is getting on a little bit, and I think we have to put our faith in younger players like Kevin Long. Um, we'll move on from the Sparta game now. Like I said, it was a good run out for the lads. 4-1 win. Not sure the opposition were up to that much, but it was a good run of victory since the Morecambe game, and I think we're going to the Bolton game with plenty of confidence on Saturday. Um, we've got some people listening in at the moment, so please play along with the next bit. We're going to do some predictions for the whole season so that later on in the year we can take a look back and laugh at those of us who were absolutely terribly um, wrong. So we'll kick things off with top goal scorer Adam. Um, I think we'll work on the provision that Charlie Austin remains the Burnley player, so this one might be a little bit easy for us all to guess, but um, your top goal scorer and their goal tally for this season. Please. Um, all compositions. With... We'll say all compositions. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Danny Ings, actually. Um, and 17 goals. That's a solid start. James? Um, well, I'm going to go on the, the fact that I think that if Austin stays, it's probably going to be him. Um, and I think 25. 25 for Charlie Austin. So that would be. Slightly more than he got this year, I think, last year. No, it was 28 yeah. last season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I think they might be a bit more spread out than last year. I don't expect him to be so rampant and then so dry. Fair enough. Andrew, what about you? Ings or Austin? I think it's a straight shootout, isn't it, between those two? Top goal scorer. Yeah, I think I'll go Ings. I think I'll go 21. 21 for Danny Ings. Um, I'm going to stay with Charlie Austin. And I'm going to outscore all of you. I'm going to say 30 goals for Charlie Austin this season. <laughs> I think he's going to stay. And I think he's going to hammer him in all season. And I'm hoping at some point in October, I'm going to be doing another Austin top scorer in Europe post for the site. So fingers crossed for that one. Uh, we'll move on from goal scorers now to player of the year. Player of the year last year, of course, Charlie Austin took a lot of the awards. Um, but it was quite a widespread for players who were up there as well, Kieran Trippier, I'm sure, will be a candidate after he won it in his first year at the club two years ago as well. Um, who do you reckon for the player of the year this year, James? Um, well, I'm going to go a bit bit left field. and I'm going to say Dean Marnie. Uh, I like what he brought for a lot of last season. He looks like he's gone about pre-season this year with a, a lot of vigour. So I think he's going to put in a good season for us. So I think he'll be player of the year. Um before we move on for the rest of the player of the years, there's a momentous occasion here. We've got our first ever live comments. Our listeners are pouring in their predictions. <laughs> and there's a couple who have gone for Danny Ings as well. We've got Alex, who says Ings will get 22. And Daniel, who I know is listening from America, so that's our first transatlantic comment. He's gone for Ings with 19. Uh, player of the year, Adam. Um, ooh, uh, Kieran Trippier. Just because I think he's a solid defender. Oh, Trippy is a solid choice as well. Um, what do you think, Andrew? Uh, I'm going to go Tom Eaton. I think. I think. Uh, I think when Eaton uh, he's coming, he looks quite vocal. I think he's he's that kind of goalkeeper that if we do surprise people this season, and I, I do think we will surprise quite a few people, uh, especially you know getting that balance between defence and attack. It's easy 
I guess looking at kind of Austin as a, as a possibility. I agree with James. I think Marnie could play a big uh, big role, but I think for me, I think Tom Eaton. Um, I'm going to go for Junior Stanislas, which will surprise absolutely no one who follows me on Twitter or knows anything about me. I have some I think, special uh, music for this occasion. Think... You've got to speak passionately about... This is me Stanislas. speaking passionately about Junior Stanislas. I think he's just going to have a really big season. I think uh, the manager's going to trust him a little bit more. and He's looked really lively in pre-season. I think he's going to be a really important car kit and album machine. So I'm going to go Junior Stanislas proud player of the season that was beautiful <laughs> that worked really really well <laughs> <laughs> next one league finish uh, obviously 11th place last year are we going to improve on that James what do you reckon top half again um, well I, I, it's not up yet but uh, I said to Paddy Power the other day that I think between better than we did last season and not quite the playoffs is where I think we'd probably end up so I'm going to say 7th off the back of that what about you, Adam? As bold as James, or do you think we'll be a little bit further away? Not quite as uh, bold as James, but I'm going to go with eighth. Eighth? Mm. We're, we're getting worse as we go through the group, unfortunately. Andrew, are you going to book the trend higher than eighth? Uh, as he's befitting of my haircut, I am actually going bolder than James, uh, and I'm actually going to finish <laughs> that we're going to finish within the playoff pitch, and I think we're going to finish sixth. I think we're going to be the, the real surprise package, small squad, uh, a couple of decent little finds, and yeah, I'm backing us to finish top six. I don't think we'll go up, but I do think we'll finish in that playoff places. I, I think uh, it's difficult to come up with an answer for this one because obviously, I think a lot's going to depend on what does happen with Austin, and we'll talk a little bit more about Austin later in the podcast. But I'm also going to go top half, but I'm going to play a little bit cooler with tenth place. Um, I just think we'll be a little bit short. I think a couple of injuries and we might struggle, but. I think we're going to have a good year and we'll improve slightly on last year and we'll be in decent shape to move on. Uh, we've had some more predictions in from our listeners who are listening through our Mixler platform today. Uh, Daniel says we'll finish 11th, which is actually the most negative response we've had, so boo to you. Uh, Connor says Trippier for Player of the Year and Ben has joined a little bit later, putting all his in one post, and he says Austin top scorer is 24. Jones for player of the season. That's Jones who hasn't even signed for us yet, but we expect that to be done this week. And a league placing of 10th. Uh, final prediction then, lads. Uh, Bolton on Saturday, obviously first game of the season. We're on telly on the old Magic Lantern. What do you reckon a repeat of last year, maybe 2-0? And anyhow, went up against the wing coil, James. What do you think? Um, well, I was going to say that I really fancy us to put in a good performance against Bolton and uh, score a couple but the last few times I've seen us on Sky have been underwhelming but um, I'm going to stick with my initial thought and I'm going to say a 3-0 win 3-0 that's very bold show what about you Adam do you think it's going to be a win uh, yes I do um, but I think it will be 2-1 because I don't think our defence will be ready yet it's it's bound to be difficult gelling with a new goalkeeper but I think the unit's Pretty solid from last year, so I reckon it'll be a clean sheet. What do you reckon, Andrew? I'm actually, I actually think, uh, I actually agree. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think it'll be one nil. Oh, I was going to say one nil. You've stolen my prediction. Well, I'm going to go for a repeat of last year. Then I reckon it'll be two nil again. I think Austin and Ings is going to be too much for teams in this league as long as we can keep them fit and together. So I would say two nil Ings and Austin on the scoreline. 
Uh, that brings our predictions to an end, but um, keep checking in if you're on the live chat. Also, <laughs> a round of applause for everyone who's joined in for that. Uh, we've just got one more from Robbie, actually, before we round it up. He says, Austin, top scorer with 22, and Shackles to be player of the year. That's a good shout, actually. The captain, I thought he really grew into the role at the end of last year. And, of course, Scott Ewood Park, and there's not many Burnley players can say that in recent years. Uh, we'll move on a little bit now to hopes and expectations. Um, I think a lot of us want Danny Ings to be a real star this year. We did talk about him a little bit on the show last time, but since we've got you with us today, Andrew, uh, what do you make of things? Do you think a breakout season maybe for him? Someone on the on the chat suggested it could be a similar season to how Rodriguez had when he had his first full year in and around the team. Yeah, I think Ings is fantastic. I think he's... Uh... He, he's he's come back from a couple of bad injuries, and you know he doesn't seem to be affected in this, the way some players do by that. But um, I don't quite think we saw the best of him against Sparta. It's a superb goal that he's he's got there. But I think over the ninety minutes, we didn't quite see uh, perhaps as good as he has been in in the other preseason games. Take not away from there. I think this season he will be the the kind of key man, and I think you know if Charlie goes in August or he goes in January, he stays with us. I actually think he might end up putting Austin in the shade a little bit. I think he's he's got a bit more of an all round game, like you say, similar to Rodriguez. You know, he can come out wide. He's got that turn of pace. He's got a bag full of skills. And he's still got that killer instinct in that six-yard box and uh, or somewhere around the 18-yard box as well. So, yeah, I definitely think uh, this season uh, could be the big breakthrough for him. I think one of the problems we've seen with Ings a little bit, the same as all young players, really, so not having a go at him at all, but he, he sometimes does make the wrong decisions when he gets in around the box. He's not sure whether to go for the shot or the pass. But I think um, you mentioned killer instinct there and... From what we've seen from him in pre-season, he does seem to be aware of when the chance is there and when to go for goal and maybe when to bring in someone else. I know uh, you're a fan of Danny Ings, James. What do you make of his coming season's going to be? I think it's going to be a big season for him. It could be his uh, coming of age. I think there was a point where that happened with Jay Rodriguez. He went from being quite uh, a player who showed glimpses of what he was capable of, but never really sort of making that huge impact until all of a sudden he you know he really struck struck form and I think that's gonna to happen to Ings this season, especially if it is the case that Austin leaves because he's gonna be thrust into that role where he's now the the main guy. But even with Austin there, I think he plays a great role when he's just off Austin. And he gets plenty of space there and he's dangerous when he's got the ball at his feet. I think one of the things with Ings as well is that he is the sort of player that when when the ball's at his feet, everyone is suddenly alert because they know that things are going to happen when Ings has got the ball. And I think when you look through our squad, there aren't that many players who have that. Um, but we've touched on it as well. The versatility of Ings is really important as well. He can drop off, he can play sort of a, at the front of a midfield three or he can play off either wing. Or I think we've seen in pre-season that he's quite comfortable playing on the shoulder of the last defender as well. Where do you think um, Ings' best position will turn out to be, Adam? Uh, I think he always wants to play up front, so you have to assume that he thinks he's best there. Um, whether that's the case, it's it's up to the manager to decide. Um, but going off that, um, I think it's um, up front on his own. Uh, I think I interrupted you there, Andrew. Were you about to chip in something on Ings? Yeah, I just think, uh, I think maybe last season... Um, 
I don't know, we, we like you say uh, a bit early, we played one up front last season, Wings kind of, when he did play, kind of in that supporting role that wide. I think actually Dice is probably happier with his midfield this season and perhaps, you know, happier with the fitness overall and that might allow us that freedom to play two up front. Um, you've got to remember, I mean, we keep having transition seasons, but last year was a transition season, especially for Dice in terms of coming in at the time he did, etc., etc. But I do think we'll actually play 4-4-2. And the good thing about Saturday is I don't think we saw one long ball. And I don't think long ball suits either Charlie or, or Ingsy. And I think, you know, that could be an indication that both of them have a massive role to play this season. Yeah, but I mean, we've said time and time again on the site that it's all about finding the right balance. And no one's ever said it's an easy thing to do. But I think last year we did go a little bit too long, too early from the back at times. But I haven't seen us in pre-season yet, but I've seen all the highlights on Carrots player. And it is evident that we are much more happy to keep the ball on the floor. Especially once we get into the final third, we look very comfortable. There's been a couple of the goals from pre-season that were as a result of some really nice intricate play in and around the box. And that's obviously the way that we want to play. And I think that's positive because... Burnley fans have got used to the style of football we played under Eddie Howe, where it was very much patient, possession-based play, and to a similar extent, Owen Coyle, where it was very much thrusting attacks down the wing. And the way Dyshad was playing last season, it was a total change. So um, attacking football is probably one of the things Burnley fans are hoping to see this season. Do you agree with that, James? Um, I think that's fair to say. I think our fans always want to see attacking football. Um, but I was always surprised... Well. Looking back, I was surprised how happy everyone was with the football we played under Howe because at times it was a little bit boring, the whole passing it between the, the defence and slowly building out. It was a bit like, can we sort of attack and maybe attack sometime soon? Um, but I think it was difficult when Dash came in because obviously the first thing he noticed was he needed to steady the defence. And I think it's tough from there to say, well while still not conceding goals, to still score as many as we were, that's not really a task that's easy at all. So I think that's why we saw such a switch to being defensive. And now obviously he's had a full uh, summer to work with it. Who knows what style we play, but I think it's going to be a lot more attacking than we saw last season. There's a couple of comments on the live chat saying that they're hoping it's going to be a straight 4-4-2. And I think that's something a lot of fans probably want to see this season, but... We've spoken a little bit about Danny Ings and he's been comfortable to drop off. I think it's um, maybe a bit more of a 4-4-1-1 where Ings and Austin take turns to drop off a little bit and support the midfield. But when we've got the ball, those two will be in around the box. Uh, do you agree that 4-4-2 is the way to go, Adam, or are you happy to see different formations? Um, it depends. I'm always happy to to see 4-4-2 because it's, it's tried and tested and um, we love to play it in this country. Um but there's no harm in trying something different um, if if Dyche feels it, it's necessary. We have to trust him. Um, we can't just say, yes, we're all gonna, always going to play uh, 4-4-2 and that's the way we're going to play all the time um, because sometimes that might not work and we might have to adapt to a different system. Um, but Dyche has said previously um, last season um, that he, he wanted to set up the, the team with preference to to a four four two system, so yeah. Oh, he's got his chance on Saturday, assuming that there's no more outgoings or incomings, and it'll be interesting to see how he lines us up. Um, how we're going to end the show today is to look at our 
as strong as the eleven. So if you, if you're on the live chat, please share what you think our best team is, and we'll we'll come back to those at the end. Um, it's been a while since we've had a homegrown player in the side. Obviously, Rodriguez was the last to come through and make a big impact. But I think there's high hopes for two or three of the young lads this season. Uh, one who's caught my eye in pre-season this season is Jason Gilchrist, a uh, young striker who was heavily involved in the, the FA Youth Cup run last season. He scored a hat-trick against Padium a couple of days ago. And um, perhaps if, if we did sell Austin, maybe it would be too early for Gilchrist, but there's a, obviously a young player with a lot of talent there. There's a, a lot of talk as well about Cameron Howison, the full New Zealand international, um, and Stephen Hewitt as well. So there's three lads there that could come through. Um, what do you make of those three players, James? Do you think it's time for one of the young lads to come through, or is it just a case of you can't play them unless they're ready? I've not seen a huge amount of most of those, but um, the one who I've seen a little bit of is Stevie Hewitt, and he, he does look impressive. I'm not sure if he needs maybe a little bit more time to uh, build up his strength, but I wouldn't be surprised, depending on where we are in the league, to see at least one of those three towards the back end of the season. I mean, obviously, we've all predicted we'll be up and around the top end, in which case they may only play bit part roles, maybe a little bit of uh, League Cup football, FA Cup football, if we last well in that competition. But um, if we're out of contention towards the end of the season, I'd probably expect to see maybe all three get a, a little bit of a run out in the team just to test the water. I think it was a shame last season. I think Dash spoke about um, wanting to board some of the young players, but with the, the run of form we went on, it was just too difficult because we were scrapping for wins really at the end. Um, do you know much about those three players, Andrew? Do you think maybe one of those is closer to the first team than the others? I don't know. I think it's difficult, really. I mean, like you said, there's this level of expectation that we perform week in, week out, and it is a big it's a big ask to throw young players. I mean, Gilchrist got Attrick again on Saturday against Padium. Um, you know, I think it's probably a bit too early for him. Hewitt looks good, perhaps needs to put a little bit of meat on. Um, and and Howison, really, because he's playing for New Zealand, it has been a bit stop start. He's been away again this summer, uh, I think, for a bit as well. So it's it's difficult, really. I think you know it's not an enviable task being a football manager. And I think Dash, you know, Dash has worked with young kids before at, at Watford. Uh, let's not forget. But I think in terms of actually blooding him into the side, I think it would require some kind of cut run, some kind of um, you know being safe, but not really being around the playoffs towards the end of the season before we will actually see him in the first team. I mean, I'd be tempted to send all three out on loan um, to a league. I think there's only limited um, kind of benefit from sending him to Alpha Return or to Hyde and things like that. And, you know, you want to do these small clubs a favour. Um, but I think with them kind of players who you are looking at perhaps getting into a first team, you know, your Ackies and your Rochdales are probably more at the level, similar to Kevin uh, Kevin Long. Uh, in terms of getting him out on loan and getting him some game time. Yeah, I mean, Long's a really good example because he went out on loan to League 2 initially, didn't he? And then he moved up a level and he always looked pretty solid and then came back and he looked ready. Um, and, of course, Rodriguez is another. He had a loan spell at Barnsley and came back and got his chance in the first team. Um, I think with Lafferty as well, yeah, he went out on loan. Was it Darlington he was at? And he did OK and came it. back and then got a chance? Yeah, I think, but I think what what. One of the problems we do have with the young players and loan spells, you're right that we need to get them in in playing league football because that's how they'll learn. But we saw at the end of last season, Howison went out to Doncaster and he just didn't get a game because they were chasing promotion and it's not in their interest to 
help us support our youngsters unless they're sure that they're going to be ready. And it, it's difficult for all parties in this situation, isn't it? But I think um, you're right in that sending them out on loan and seeing how they do is a, a good a good starting point just to see how they get on, There's to be a bit again. more of a gauge to see if they're ready. What do you make yeah, of that, Adam? It's, it's difficult sending them out on loan towards the end of the season, like you say. Um, I know Brian Flynn was at Donny last year. They were chasing promotion. You send them out in kind of September time when clubs are still finding a feet in whatever division they're in. I think you've, you've almost got a better chance of getting these youngsters into the side and giving them a run rather than trying to pitch them into a relegation or a promotion battle. Yeah, I think um, that's interesting as well, but you were talking about the cup runs and I think the League Cup is a big chance for some of these lads, so you've choices really to, to keep them in and around the first team squad here and obviously train with the first team and perhaps get a game in the League Cup or you send them out on loan, so it's, it's a tricky balancing act again. We keep talking about balance. Um, we've had a comment on the on the, the live chat saying that we should bud the good youngsters ourselves. It's as simple as that. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Uh, that's a, a comment we hear quite regularly, but you're, you're absolutely right with what you're saying, Andrew. It's difficult for managers because there's so much pressure on to put these young players in. I remember seeing when Chris McCann first came in, I think that was towards the end of the season when we weren't really playing for much, and he got his chance, and by the time the next season started, it was his place. So perhaps if we're not, looking like we're going to go up or looking like we're going to go down, maybe that's the right time and it'll be the end of the season when we start to see the likes of Hewitt and Howison and maybe even Gilchrist. I mean, his goal-scoring record's incredible, Gilchrist, but I think he does need to play a bit more reserve team football. Um, Adam, what do you make of the transition to to the first team from the youths? Obviously, it's, it's been a while since Rodriguez now. Well, well, we look at Long from last season that just relied on injuries and I think uh, there was a... Um, Claret's player interview with the three lads that went out to Cork. I think it was Stephen Hewitt that said was realistic um, about the fact um, that he'd have to rely on injuries and league cups or or go out on loan. Um, but it's a hard thing to get right, as everyone everyone said. Um, but yeah, it's, um, hopefully we'll see some youngsters coming through at some point, whether that's through injuries or towards the end of the season. It's always good for the fans, isn't it, when there's... Even if it's not a local player, someone who's come through come through the youth system and they've perhaps seen them playing for the, the reserves or development squad, of course, as they're called now. But I, I think there's a fair chance we'll see one of those three. I wouldn't like to guess which one, but I, I think we'll see one of those in the team by the end of the season. Um, moving on to someone who will definitely be in the team as long as we haven't sold him, um, Charlie Austin. We'd love to bring you an update on the Austin situation, but it doesn't seem like much has changed since um, since the podcast last week. Um, there seems to be a contract offer on the table for Austin. There's been plenty of rumours that clubs like Nottingham Forest and QPR want to come in for him, but since he failed that medical at Hull City, there's not been much from Premier League clubs. Uh, there's plenty of speculation that clubs want to take him on the cheap. Um, Andrew, what do you make of the Austin situation? Is there a, a certain amount of money Burnley are, are looking for? or what, what do you make of Austin himself? Is he going to be willing to stay and perhaps run down his contract? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one, really. I do feel sorry for him because he's been done over a bit by Hull. Um, I think it's, you know, they've done it with a couple of players. They've kind of publicly bid for players and then pulled out. And I know he's had a medical there and failed it. But there was certainly no evidence of an injury on Saturday and, you know, he's disappointed. I saw the player interview afterwards. You know, he, you know, he, he 
clearly said, you know, he's disappointed, but he wants to knuckle down. Whether he'll sign the new contract or not, whether he'll go or not, I don't know. I think, you know, we're in a position now where if we can get him up to the line uh, to start on Saturday and he starts the season quite well and has a good August, then you might start seeing a couple of these clubs kind of interested again towards the uh, the end of August. Doesn't leave us much time to get a replacement in. Is Noble the replacement? Uh, I think it'd be best for everyone if he just signed the contract. It'd strengthen our hands a little bit. I mean, there's been you know some wild rumours about how much that contract offer is, uh, whether that's Austin's agent leaking it or not, I'm not sure. Um, but again, like I said, I don't think we're any further on than we were kind of seven days ago. What 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 were the rumoured costs? I haven't seen that. I think, I think somebody one of the things. Sorry, go on. A week. I think somebody posted that. I think it was in the mail or one of the uh, the people. I think it was one of the rags uh, was saying that we'd offered him a contract of fifteen grand a week in a bid to try and keep him. Now, um, I'm pretty certain our wage bill and our wage structure under financial fair play, etc., with the lack of non-match day revenue, would stretch to a player on fifteen grand a week. You know, maybe it is his agent just trying to force a hand of Forest or QPR. Not honestly sure what he'd get by going to, you know, a club like QPR. I mean, there's that many players there. Um, it seems to be like a black hole for players just to fall into. And you, they kind of, some of them come out at the other end, some of them don't. Um, Forest is a good, good shout for him. I think he'd fit in quite well at Forest. Arguably, you could say they've more chance of going up than us this year. Um, but you know what? He's settled. So, you know, let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I think one of the things I've written on the site quite recently is that we do need to get it sorted soon. We we can't be having this ongoing once the season started, really. So I'll be tempted to sit down with Austin and his agent and say, look, if if there's no bid that's acceptable by by the end of this week, or certainly we not want to be talking about deadline day moves, that's not going to be useful at all. So I would be saying by the end of this week, if clubs haven't offered what we deem to be acceptable, then you either sign the new contract or you're staying until January, and that's it. We don't want this situation dragging on after the season started, do we, James? Um, no, of course you don't. You, you never really want a uncertain situation about your star player dragging on. But um, I think what we really need to do is, do we think we've got a good enough chance to get promoted this season to risk losing him for nothing next season? I think that's what a lot of it comes down to because if you have a good season, maybe he wants to stay next year. But obviously saying all that, maybe he wants to sign a new contract if he doesn't get the offer he's looking for. But I have no idea what money he's on now or what money he's looking for. So it's hard to really say whether our budget would stretch to be able to keep him. Um, well, but I think if he if he felt he wanted to do something to help the club out, he could sign a new contract and we'd, with a clause saying, you know, we'll sell you if a bit of this amount comes in. Um, but I, I can't really see that happening, to be honest. That's that's one of the things I've suggested. And although you're right and it, it does seem unlikely, there is a school of thought that suggests that would be in everyone's interest. I mean, I'm sure any contract offer that's on the table will put Austin certainly on a par with our top earners, even if he's not earning even more. So he would get a pay rise in the short term. He'd get the extra security of at least one more year on his contract. So if there are problems with his knees, then he's at least got the security of knowing he's not going to be unemployed at the end of the season. But I think a lot does depend on Austin himself, whether he's, he's obviously the whole move falling through is a blow for him. 
But he seems to have bounced back from that pretty well. He looked, he looked like he was happy enough in the Sparta game to me. Um, so it's probably a question of Dash just being able to persuade him that this is the right place for him and that if he went somewhere like QPR and Forest, it's not going to do him any more good. Um, Adam, what do you think is going to happen with Austin in the next couple of weeks? Um, I I hope he stays, obviously, because any any fan wants, wants a player of his calibre to stay at the club. Um, but um, I'd rather it it gets sorted if he's going to go this week, as you say. I don't think he will sign a new contract somehow. Um, I said before that he might leave in January if he's he's good enough, but um, then again, you can't guarantee anything, so it's it's just a risky business. I'm sure we'll be talking about Austin again next week. I don't think we're going to sell him before Saturday, so hopefully we'll be in our team. Uh, we'll wrap things up with um, what the group of us think is our strongest side, the team that we want to see on Saturday, assuming everyone's fit. Um, do you want to start us off with that, James? What What do you think our best team is? Yeah, um, I think that our best team, I don't necessarily agree with what Daesh's best team probably is. I think what he put out on Saturday is what he thinks is our best team. Um, but I'd rather see uh, Brian Stock in there. Um, I know that probably sounds a bit obvious, but I think he really does does help us out defensively. Um, but I think other than that, the side we played on Saturday is probably about there. Maybe Duff plays instead of Long for the majority of games, but I don't think Long's far away from cementing a place in that, that sort of starting side. I think um, we've played a similar sort of team for a lot of pre-season, haven't we? I think probably Duff or Long is one of the decisions that is yet to be made, but I don't think there's much more. I think Dash is pretty certain of what his team's going to be. Of course, we're all assuming that David Jones is going to sign that contract when his Wigan deal expires. Uh, that should be done this week, so he should be available to play against Bolton. Can you imagine um, what a horrendous own, own goal it'll be if he doesn't sign? Oh, my God. Imagine if he signed for Rovers <laughs> this week after he's been with us for pre-season. That would just be the worst. Um, the Jones situation, Andrew, would Jones be in your strongest 11? What sort of team would you be thinking of naming on Saturday? Yeah, I'm not really quite sure what it is about Brian Stock. I don't think I'd, uh, I don't think I'd have him in again ahead of Jones. So I'm not sure where, uh, where James had put Stock. Um, you know, I, I think he just struggles to, to kind of um, exert his influence sometimes on the team in a way that kind of Jones perhaps will be able to. I just think Saturday's probably um, as close to our best eleven um, as we've got at the minute. There's not much in reserve. Um, I think Duff has a slight injury, hence the reason he's not played. Wallace, I think, came off at half-time because he was ill, so hopefully he'll be cleared up. Because uh, I don't think Tracy's kind of up to the rigours of league football too much. But, yeah, I'd probably go with Saturday's 11 for me. Uh, just a reminder what Saturday's team was for anyone who, who's missed that. It was hitting in goal. Uh, Lafferty played instead of Ben May, who it looks like is going to be unavailable. He's one of those that will miss out on Saturday. Um, Shackle played with Long. Trippier, obviously, right back. Uh, Stanislas and Wallace on the wings. Jones and Marnie played in midfield, and it was Austin and Ings up front. Um, do you think it'll be that team again on Saturday, Adam? Or would you make any changes? What would be your strongest eleven? Um, I'd agree almost exactly with what um, Andrew said. I'm going to be boring. Um, and I think it will be that team to start on Saturday. Yeah, we've had a comment on the, the chat as well from Daniel, who's... Gone for the, the same side apart from one change, he reckons, me for Lafferty. 
And I think Mee's an interesting one because I like Ben Mee, but I think maybe he's, he's better at centre-back than left-back and he does seem to pick up a lot of these little injuries that keep him out. And also as well, Lafferty, he set up um, Austin's first goal on Saturday. And I think it's really interesting to have two full-backs that can both get forward. Although that does perhaps leave you vulnerable at the back and we've spoken about that before. But I think Lafferty's ability going forward might get him the nod. Um, do you think that's going to be the case, Andrew? Lafferty over me? Yeah, I like Lafferty. I think uh, when he came in, uh, they pitched him in. I think he came on as a substitute the first time I saw him. He looked like a, a rabbit lost in the headlights a little bit. But he's certainly, you know, I think he's been fantastic on the stuff I've seen in pre-season. When he was playing towards the um, the end of last season as well, when he got in ahead of me, when me was injured. Uh, I, I just think he's a quality player. And I think, you know, it's almost that kind of youth that you want. And you've got that with either me or with, with Lafferty. But for me... Um, not to try and confuse things, uh, I'd definitely go Lafferty. It would be Lafferty for me as well. So I think my strongest team will be the team that played on Saturday against Sparta. And I have a feeling that will be the team again for the Bolton game. Um, that's about all from us now. If you've joined us halfway through, you will be able to listen again um, on the site. We'll get the link up as soon as possible. And also, we are planning to get the podcast available through iTunes, so you'll be able to download them and listen to them on the bus or on the tube or at your leisure. Um, as well, you can follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter. <laughs> we just had a comment from Andy. He says he just got off the phone. You missed it, Andy. You're too late. We're all finished. You'll have to listen again. <laughs> you follow us on Twitter. We're at net, and we're on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com slash net. You can email us blog at net. Uh, get in touch with your feedback. Obviously, this is the first time we've done the live podcast but i think monday at seven is going to be the regular slot so let us know what you think and you also, um, just before you go you can also follow us i'm at adam zander your and then i'm we're gonna just go jamie around. smith with f's instead of a th because i couldn't have my actual name <laughs> james james is just james's name that's at james bird uh, what's your twitter name andrew if people want to follow you uh mine's andrew greaves 84 nice that's a solid name so we'll leave it there for now we'll be back next week and um let's hope the lads win on saturday see you next week bye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.